Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom. Hope you free broadcast. The most important hour of your day. But that's not the case. There's no longer a gathering storm. The storm is here. What you have now is you have two converging crises. A crisis of capital markets and economics, and a crisis of geopolitical and military. Look what happened since Trump left office. Ayatollah's going to Beijing, having a military ceremony, going to bring Xi to, to Tehran. You got the merger of the KGB and the CCP. You've got Erdogan. You have our great allies in Saudi Arabia transferring oil to Chinese currency away from the U.S. dollar. You have a convergence on the Eurasian landmass. And what are we doing? We're turning over our foreign policy to Zelensky to let him determine whether he's going to go take Crimea or not. The convergence of these two crises is going to lead us into a third world war. A third world war that are not only going to wipe you out economically and financially in this country, more important, your sons and daughters are going to die on foreign battlefields. Are you prepared for that? Do you support that? Because if you don't stand up and fight it, it's going to happen. And they will have to fight and they will be dying. Governor DeSantis, Mike Pompeo, Tim Scott, yet you have Nikki Haley. That's all fine. It's not relevant. We don't have time for on-the-job training for a man that gave us four years, four, four years, years of peace and prosperity. prosperity. Note to Fox senior management, when Donald J. Trump talks, it's, it's newsworthy. newsworthy. We need unity. We need unity to look for We're not looking for unity. We're looking for victory. We're not looking for compromise. We're looking to save our country. Okay, Murdoch, here's the way it's going to be, brother. You've disrespected Donald J. Trump long enough. Donald J. Trump is not simply a leader of a political party. He is a leader of the most powerful political movement in American history. He's not up against DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Mike Pompeo. He's up against Ken Griffin and Mitch McConnell and Murdoch. If he wins the primary, they're going to work for the Democrats just like they worked for Hillary Clinton. I was there. I can tell you they were in Clinton's camp the entire way. All they are is about money. And the only people can stop them on the face of the earth are you, you, and you. MAGA, MAGA, MAGA. Remember, Murdoch, You've deemed Trump's not going to be president. Well, we've deemed that you're not going to have a network. network, network. If your task and purpose is to take your country back, this country will be saved. Thank you. All right. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Wherever you are in the world, my name is Josh. That is Vince Tagliavia. Welcome back, Vince. Welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We're live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That was Steve Bannon at CPAC over the last weekend. And wow, Vince, the storm is here. And, it really uh, is. What a powerful speech. You know, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Because literally, that's what the hell we've been saying for the last two years is what Bannon just said right there. He gave a nice brief summarization of everything. And you know what, Fox News? You're right. Listen, we are the news now. That's the point. That's, that was what the last six years was about. 
was taking back the control, the idea of information, putting it back in the hands of the American people, getting us out there off of our asses to do the research, to investigate, to go out there and bring the information to the people, the truth, the facts to the people. And you know what? Steve Bannon, you can think whatever you may of him. Hats off, buddy. You know, uh, someone just asked, is Steve Bannon part of Q, right? I, I found this interesting. So uh, we actually have some Q stuff today. Yeah, and I noticed. I, I wanted to throw this out there. This is uh, one that Donald Trump had actually retweeted today. Yeah, retruthed. Now. Love it. An army is a team. It lives, eats, sleeps, fights as a team. This individuality stuff is a bunch of crap. The bilious bastards who wrote that stuff about individuality for the Saturday Evening Post don't know anything more about real battle than they do about fornicating. So, division is man-made. Division is designed to keep you powerless. Division is designed to keep you fighting each other. Division is designed to keep you enslaved. The narrative has you. No one person is above another. Unity is strength. Unity is love. Unity is humanity. Trust yourself. Think for yourself. Only when good people collectively come together will positive change occur. And he retweeted that today. So, someone asked, he's like, Ban and Q. Who do who, you... Vince, who do you think the whole Q thing was? Because I, I am 100% certain, okay, that it was not some dude in his basement. It was not the radical left. That it was groups of people um, between civilian, commercial, and military. And I'll tell you who I think my top people are that were involved in this. Uh, my train of thought is along the same lines of that as far as key individuals I don't know. I think you have a better grasp. I know maybe a few that may have been involved, but I can't say for sure. But it seems to be military intelligence mixed with civilians. And it's okay. just a psychological operation, in my opinion. And I agree with your, your stance on this, and it, that it was to essentially give people new ideas. Right. And be independent. So I think the people involved with this were, and I'll, I'll just put it out there. Sure, go. Donald Trump, mm -hmm. Dan Scavino, Admiral Mike mm -hmm. Rogers, General Michael Flynn, former Navy SEAL Eric Prince, all right? Uh, former Attorney General and Senator Jeff Sessions, Cash Patel, and Devin Nunes. That's it. That's who I think it was. I think there might be maybe a few more people involved in the mix of it. Uh, potentially people like, because uh, you have the Eric Prince aspect of this, but you also have the corporate side of this. So I think that you could even bring in people who don't know necessarily are associated with the, the, the letter, but are have an agenda or have a plan of attack down the road. And I think that this could be Peter Thiel and Elon Musk. Don't know. Sure. Just... I mean, everybody plays their part. Yeah. Well, I think every single one of those indiv individuals you named, if they're oh, involved. Oh, and Bannon. And Bannon. And Bannon, huh? I think everyone you named is probably the top, kind of the top people, but each one of them have associates, and it kind of trickles down in a, in a way, you know? So a lot of people are involved all the way down to the everyday person who thinks for themselves now. Yeah. 
Well, and, you know, it's interesting, too, because all these people are still pertinent within the fight. All these people are still 100% on top of everything that is happening right now, right here. And so, you know, I wanted the to start this conversation off. I didn't really want to go that way, but that's fine. I'm glad we did. Um, and, and this is from multiple years of research in that topic to come out with that. Um, do, do I mean that it's a, uh, a PSYOP? It was operated like a PSYOP. It was absolutely operated like a psychological warfare campaign targeted towards the patriotic community and the Christian ideology. Um, I don't think Pompeo is involved. I think Pompeo was a handler. I think Pompeo, as Secretary of State, moved from the CIA. I think he was Donald Trump's handler. That's my opinion, honestly. Wow, interesting. That was one of the agreements to <laughs> allow him and Pence were his handler. Um, <clears throat> okay. Now, but I don't think he they did much handling. Uh, and the reason I say that is go look at the warmongers out there right now when it comes to Ukraine. And Pompeo is right at the top of the list. Like, we need to take down Russia. We need to stop Russia. I agree we need to stop Russia. Okay? Right. But you no know how way. easy it is to stop Russia non-militarily? Right. Yes. Exactly. And that can happen overnight. Simply by saying, hey, look, you lost Dumbass. Go home. The people voted. They don't want it. They don't want to be a part of Ukraine. The people voted. It's over. Go home. And Putin said, okay, go home. Good to go. But, you know, tonight's episode, I think, is probably a very, very important episode. Oh, did we disappear? I think it was just you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at us. Okay, we're there. All right. It's a very important episode because tonight's episode is titled Trump's Anti-Globalist Agenda. Now, he had a series of various different posts on his uh, Truth Social account pertaining to CPAC in his speech. Uh, how... Mm-hmm. They're going to attack 2024 differently. They're going to take the same route and approach as the Democrats do with voter harvesting. Right. Excuse me. I think that this is a great approach. Yeah, My I mean, thoughts on 2016. Yeah. Is I firmly believe 100% that Vladimir Putin shut down the hammer and scorecard servers that were operating stopping Hillary Clinton from actually stealing the election and allowing Donald Trump to legitimately win the election. In a way, so what you're saying is he uh, Trump was actually colluding with Russia, like they were saying. So, but they couldn't actually do anything about it because they would implicate themselves in crime. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, and, and that was what the whole thing was, is they knew that it was there, and that's why they yeah. brought about the Alpha Bank scandal with Trump's server in Pennsylvania, all this stuff, the Alpha Bank scandal with uh, Joffe, where he basically yeah. uh, faked the metadata. But yeah. I actually listened to uh, something really interesting today that I hadn't heard probably in, what, seven years. And this was a 2016 interview with Eric Prince. Oh, wow. So Eric Prince was the founder of Blackwater, right? Um, his company got really, really hammered during the Barack Obama administration. After I remember. Michael Hastings did a hit piece on McChrystal using third-party yeah. contractors in Afghanistan, killing civilians, that type of stuff. Um, yeah. They also got bad press from, like, a hurricane, and didn't they, from Katrina? Right, right. They were, they were the ones taking the guns. Um, so... In this podcast, and this is uh, pre, this is like 
early 2016, right after Trump won the election. Okay. Eric Prince is talking about um, Anthony Weiner's laptop and what was on the laptop. He talks about the 650,000 emails that they found, special access programs. He talks about, um, he hints towards the child pedophilia, pornography, Hillary and Bill wow. Clinton, video evidence at Epstein's Island, all this stuff. Okay? Wow. But he also, we have to understand, Eric Prince is a key figure during this point in time. He was an advisor for Trump during that time. Did you know that in 2015, Eric Prince traveled overseas to seashells? Okay. What is that? What is seashells? I didn't know this. Uh, seashells is a, 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 a country overseas. It's not, oh. uh, it's over, I, fuck, I don't even know where it is. Okay. So uh, why Seychelles. is it significant? It's Seychelles. But uh, while this meeting was significant, because who was there was the crown prince of Saudi Arabia and Vladimir Putin meeting with Eric oh, Prince. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think came of that or why that? I was? think that this was the message relay because right after this became oh. immediately the Trump tower meeting with Flynn and Trump where Admiral Rogers had to go in there and let them know that they were being spied on with FISA warrants. And I think that this was exactly what I said before. I, I, I assumed that it potentially was between um, Erdogan and and Flynn, potentially. But maybe that's how the meeting initially got set up and then it went through. I don't know. Um, but I think that these were the key people. And it was ran like a, a, a military operation. It had to have been. And I think that this, that's exactly what happened is. Putin went in there and shut down those servers that were meant to steal the election. This is why in 2018, we saw the massive, in the 2018 midterm elections, do you remember when this happened? And we saw the massive discrepancies in the ballots in like Georgia and Virginia and West Virginia and yeah. the mayors and the governor's races is because yes. they were trying to cheat with ballot harvesting and ballot injection, but they just didn't know the formula quite right yet. They were, they were going to plan B and plan C in a lot of counties. Right. And so this is why we saw that, and they immediately covered that up because they had control of the Congress and most of the states during that time. But yeah, that's who I would put in the pool house of less than 10. Your, your, uh, war, um, your, your wizards and your warlocks. Don, Dan, yeah. Admiral R, General Flynn, Eric Prince, Jeff Sessions, Cash Patel, Steve Bannon. And I think that all the animosity between all of them in the midst of all that, I think that was really saving ass and saving grace. Uh, people were getting too close to finding out what was really going on. And uh, you had to back people off. This is why Flynn had to leave. This is why Bannon had to leave. This is why Prince had to leave. Um, because these people, as Trump said, the deep state is much bigger than you could ever imagine. It's much crazier than you could ever imagine. Yeah, the swamp is very infested. Right. But if there was one mission out of all that, getting in Donald Trump, was utilizing Donald Trump as a primary facet to go in there and establish certain ground rules in the sense of executive orders, government policy, um, bringing the most powerful political movement that's hit this country ever into town to basically start taking back our local, our state, and our federal government. But then you also have this other aspect. Yeah. is the focus of information. I've always said this before, that this was all about the control of the information domain. It had to be about the control of the information domain specifically because sure. 
during the 2010 time frame, 2010 was a special year within the internet. Do you, do you, you're a techie, but I'm asking, do you know why? No. This is the year that Social like media. AWS cloud and, and cloud services really mm -hmm. became prevalent within the okay. internet infrastructure. Okay. Okay. Instead of hosting on massive uh, server farms, you went to virtual machines running on server farms. The cloud became a reality, started being charged for. Government started moving documents and, and mm -hmm. operations it's and these types of things to a great, clouds. A great expansion of the internet capabilities. Right. At the same time, you also had our modern-day mobile devices begin to hit the scene. Mm. Okay? So I this know. is... so People yeah. were so confused when that came out. Right, so it took a few <laughs> years, but app development caught up eventually, and now you had a transition in the way that people consumed information. Specifically, mm -hmm. people were watching, you know, the older baby boomers are watching 30-minute news broadcasts, Walter Cronkite, 60 Minutes, you know, Alex Trebek at night, and Wheel of Fortune, all these things, right? Well, the younger generations were consuming YouTube and TikTok and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and and, Vine. and and yeah, cool little memes or they were getting their news and information from, you know, less than 400 character tweets or, you know, short one and two minute video clips. And I think that this group of people realized and saw that because they are highly intelligent and they realized yes. that mainstream media isn't making this transition And you know, a prime example of this blockbuster video. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what an opportunity they missed and yeah. with Redbox coming out. Yeah, Redbox came out, Netflix came out, and Blockbuster was still trying to do the the rent per video methodology on the internet to where you could yeah. go in there, but it was fifteen ninety nine to rent a movie online. And they lost that battle and ended up going out of business because they didn't transition fast enough. They didn't see the turning tides of the technological revolution that was actually occurring. Okay? So yeah. the same thing was occurring in the information consumption domain, how people are taking in information and getting their news. And Trump's campaign, if you go back to Trump's campaign and you start looking at how they ran this in 2016, you go back to my interview with General Flynn. He talks about it. He talks about the micro analytics. <clears throat> he goes that everybody out there is looking at the macro analytical perspective. <clears throat> the macro analytical yeah. perspective is demographics. We're looking at the large frame demographics. Okay. Big picture. Um, yeah. How people in Georgia are voting in 2024. Uh, what, you know, what is the, the age group, the breakdown, male, mm -hmm. female is, uh, you know, are they predominantly far right, mid right, libertarian, conservative, moderate, independent? This is large frame demographics. Well, what they looked at is they looked at specific issues. Hillary Clinton, Pizzagate. They looked at information warfare, psychological warfare. They looked at conspiracy theories. They, they looked at Alex Jones, okay? Mm -hmm. They looked at those microanalytics of where people were truly focusing, and they saw a trend. They saw massive millions of people, voters, American voters, following these small trend lines. And what they did is they hopped on that wagon of that trend line, created their narrative around this, their narrative of information distribution around this, and it went viral. And that's exactly what happened. This is why Flynn, we need an army of digital soldiers, citizen journalists, because he truly understood what the problem 
was. And he's probably the one who crafted this whole psychological warfare operation, even though he'll probably be the one that's like, I don't want anything to do with it. And I can understand that denial at that level. But if we look at it, how this was operated, that's exactly what it was. And so they went in there. They have Donald Trump, this, this head figure of this massive political movement that focused on these micro analytics of people who were pissed off in their country and touched on every basis that they could think of taking Hillary Clinton down, building a wall, securing our borders, getting the drugs out of our country, all the overdoses that are occurring, ridding this country of the deep state and corrupt politician term limits. They focused on all these things. Do you think that they came to Trump with this plan or Trump came forward to others? with a plan i think he was recruited <clears throat> he was chosen why i think he was um because he firstly he he's an outstanding human being he's a good samaritan and he does what's right when it needs to be patriot done. right he's a patriot he loves this country uh the guy doesn't have very many flaws as you can see in the six to seven years that they've been demonizing him and trying to take him down and arrest him they found absolutely nothing to pin on this guy. He cannot be bought. Thank you, Lolo. Right? I think that he was the perfect person. And I think that I think people like Flynn and like such are 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 fans of Trump. And so Right, and he's already a billionaire. He's an insider. He's inside their club. He knows things. He he knows. And he was very outspoken about it. You gotta remember, Donald Trump was on Alex Jones's show back in twenty twelve talking about how Barack Obama could not be the true legitimate president because his birth certificate was a forgery. This was 2012. He was very outspoken. He got attacked for it. He did. But he stood up, and this is probably what set that ground for recruiting him into that. Yeah, good point. Right. So when we we look at this bigger picture, Trump comes in there. He becomes this head man, right, of this movement. And what's he reiterate over and over and over? Those micro-analytical points over and over. But he always ends them. But they won't tell you the truth. They won't tell you the truth. They are fake news. They are the false media. They are misleading you, right? And for four years, you heard nothing more than they are the fake news. They are disinformation. They are. And this is what? What John F. Kennedy said in his famous um, Secret Society speech. He was talking to the press corps. He was telling them that they've been infiltrated and they're being controlled. What he was really saying, most likely during that time, is organizations like the Central Intelligence Agencies had already infiltrated them with Operation Mockingbird, which was well underway during that time of JFK. And he knew about it, but he had no way to tell them about it except for warn people. And this could have even even one of the reasons why they they put a bullet in his head. Um, Did you see the... Go ahead, sorry. I just said, right. I would like to get into, uh, I guess, the plan, if you will. I have some thoughts on it and want to see your, your opinion. I'm going to get into what I think is unfolding right now in a minute, but okay, I wanted great. to touch on just one more facet here. Okay? Yeah. What's that? Well, so Donald Trump focuses on all these things to take down the mainstream media. But yeah. what he does is he goes out there and he's waking people up. He's lighting fires under their ass, getting them to go out there and start looking and researching these things, which basically what happens. He, they knew that they would attack us. He knew that they would attack the American people. And when other American patriots began to see that, they would flock to the call. And they absolutely did. And what happened is, is not only is this the 
the largest, most popular, and most powerful political movement, as Bannon said, in this nation's history. <clears throat> but we are also the news. We are also the media now. We have taken over the idea, the concept of what information is and how it is disseminated throughout the world. We have completely revolutionized this whole planet in the sense of information as of right now because of what these men specifically did between 2016 and 2020. Okay? Absolutely. And th this battlefield is completely different right now. And here's the thing, is when we get to the globalists, when we get to what the globalists are doing and how they're unraveling their plans, they, they yes. have no reason to hide anymore because everything's out in the open and people can believe whatever they want to believe. They can believe the official mainstream narrative or they can believe the conspiracy narrative or they can take you know, a look at it and see that it's somewhere in between is the truth. But I also believe that the globalists, the elites, they've lost control. That yeah. right now they are shooting from the hip, doing the best that they can do. They're only hoping that a world war breaks out, the global economy collapses overnight, or a new virus comes about, and they will try to do every single one of those. But I believe that the reason they haven't happened yet is because we have good people in high places making sure that that shit doesn't rain. And what I mean by that is that if people haven't figured this out yet, there's a hierarchy to how the world operates. There is a big table with less than 3,000 people in it. You and me aren't invited. But at that table, you have multiple heads of a hydra. You have the, the Luciferian branches, the Satanic branches, the Atheistic branches. You have the child sacrifice branches. You have the, the, the people who love God, the people who are, you know, um, techno technocrats you have the people who are just billionaires and want to see a good future for their country and for for their people you have all different types of people and they all have different factions and these factions have different levels of power and they are all fighting each other but they have to come to the table and negotiate and it works as a democracy anytime that you you hear john brennan adam schiff comey hillary clinton any democrat obama they say democracy when they say democracy they're not talking about the form of government of the United States of America because it is not a democracy. The word democracy shows up zero times in the United States Constitution. Article 8, Article 4, Section 8 actually says that we have a constitutional republic, not a democracy. It doesn't say a democratic constitutional republic. It says a constitutional republic, period. And there's multiple differences in between that, Okay. The yeah. democracy that they talk about, Vince, that's the deep state. They're talking about their government, the shadow governments of the world that collaborate on the world stage to dictate what happens next, who rises to power, where the money's going to flow to, who's the next transference of wealth, what is the next attack to get people in the 15-minute smart cities, who's going to get the next government contracts to take us to the moon. Like they come together and do that. That makes total sense. And I think it, I think that when they meet at these tables, it's more than just a democracy and they may come together and make some large decisions based on a vote type thing. But I think there's also a lot of bribery. There's a lot of backstabbing. There's mm -hmm. a lot of just it's kind of uh, the Wild West on that level of things, I believe. And I think that trickles down when you see people getting payoffs, when you see corruption, that's lower. Yep. I think that's from that style of government that they want. And I think you are right. They talk about democracy. They're not talking about a democracy for the pinkos that are around us all in the United States. They're talking about democracy for themselves, control yeah. for themselves. It, that, yeah. th that's the only way a democracy works is when you have 
a small group of people. Oh, 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 dude. I want to learn more about this because there's a theory out there where it's like, what is it? Did you talk about this? Where once you get above a certain number of people, a certain threshold, it just falls apart. You can't have a democracy. It's very interesting. When you have small societies that get above a certain threshold, like if you have men working together in groups, typically what you're going to have in like the special operators and the special oper- uh, special forces community is they're going to mm-hmm. have like teams of five. They're going to deploy teams of five with other groups. Like it'll be five Navy SEALs and 15 Afghanis, right? But typically they'll work in groups of five or collaborative groups of five, five, six, eight, 10, 15, 12, 12, I think is the highest that they typically go. <clears throat> they learned this from a lot of the native Americans and a lot of the tribal lands. And from, if you start researching that history, um, you, you have, uh, I'm, I'm from Western New York. Okay. Now, yeah. one of the most ruthless native American tribes comes from Western New York and they're always yeah. at battle. This was the Iroquois Indians. The Iroquois means longhouse, okay, because they would have longhouses that would house about 150 people that they lived in, and that was a community, and they had various different tribes, yeah, Seneca, Mohawk, these types of things, and and so Rosemont Seneca, it's named after Seneca Lake, Seneca is one of the tribes of the Iroquois Indians. Yeah, they did the same thing out here all the way on the west coast. You drive, you ride up and down the uh, waterways, and you see these huge cabins of these different tribes, you know. Well, here's the difference between the Iroquois is they were on in New York State throughout Pennsylvania, okay? Mm-hmm. But they were some of the first Native Americans that the original settlers ran into. And they were freaking ruthless. Yes. What they would do is go out there and destroy neighboring Indian tribes and then sell them to, as slaves to the colonists. And they would trade and barter with the colonists with all of their neighbor's stuff. So they would go to any of their enemy tribes, they would raid their village, slice their heads off, scalp them, okay, steal their women, their children, all of their, all of their food, all of their weaponry, and then sell that as trade to the colonists. Oh, man. They I were brutal. Saw, I saw, they did scalp people. I saw an image from the early 1800s of a man who had been scalped when he was a child by the natives. And he was like in his thirties when that image was taken, and I was like, "Oh, I, I wish I had, I wish I had my old um, Kalamum Raiders." So my football team in uh, my high school football team I grew up playing in uh, was the Raiders. They've now changed it to some bullshit because uh, they're a bunch racist. of woke pussies. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. It's they so actually dumb. surveyed the Native Americans in that whole area, and they're like, "No, yeah. we like the fact that it's called Raiders." It's honoring the culture. It's, it's honoring like, the culture. Yep. Yeah. Good God. But it used to... So there is two different ones. This is the one that I have right here. Um, the good dude did this logo. Kalamum Red Raiders, right? But that's one of them. And the other one used to be a little Indian with a hatchet in one hand nice. and a scalp in the other. And I got in my jersey upstairs. That's what I literally have in my jersey upstairs. Hmm. So, but they were ruthless, but you learn from them kind of how community organization works and when it starts Mm -hmm. to break down. There is also that mouse project that we talked about back in the 1960s, that that utopian mouse experiment. Look it up on YouTube. It's called the utopian mouse experiment. And what they did is they put a group of mice into a restricted area 
with unlimited amounts of food. And they okay. devoured the food and they would only eat when they were hungry and then they would have, you know, sex with the female mice and they would reproduce. Then the new generation would come in and they would slowly start to eat more and eat more and consume more until the older generation died off and the newer generation were just living within their own filth and poop and crap and and would just completely become obese and morbidly obese mm-hmm. and they would eventually start dying of health uh, health diseases because they became so bad as well they started eating themselves because their population was so overpopulated they started killing and eating each other and warring with each other wow and this is really how we all are is when we crunch people into small areas concentrate them they begin to go crazy and guess what where are the highest concentrations of melted illness oh it's in the cities well why is that because it's the highest population josh Hmm, I wonder, are those two related or is that a, co- a correlative, right? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's related. True. How many city people close to nature a, get it? What's yeah. that? Yeah. City folk always had a reputation uh, for being crazy or weird yeah. and different. And it's even worse now. It's way worse now. I mean, you know, you see these videos coming out of. And guys, you have to understand, the reason you're seeing the videos come out of the black-on-white violence is because yeah. of the algorithm. I know. I noticed that. I started unfollowing certain people because for the last three weeks, all I'm getting is people brutally beat up or yeah. murdered or just this violence. It's crazy. Right. I'm like, this is psychological warfare. This is not my normal algorithm. What the hell? It is. And here's the thing is there's, ju- there's probably just as many videos of white people on black violence as there is is black on white violence there's limitless of both but there's an algorithm out there that is trying to fuel a race war in this planet now trump has came out and started discussing certain things that he's gonna do in 2024 i want to talk about i actually want him to talk about it i'm gonna pull this one up and i'm gonna fast forward to the point where he's talking about it but i want you guys to listen to this real quick now Notice how it says in the background. It says Agenda 47. What? Did anybody notice that? No. Quantum leap in the American standard of living. Agenda (laughs) 47. Not Agenda 30. He's telling you right here. He is fighting the globalists. Let's listen to this real quick. Past generations of Americans pursued big dreams and daring projects that once seemed absolutely impossible. They pushed across an unsettled continent and built new cities in the wild frontier. They transformed American life with the interstate highway system, magnificent it was, and they launched a vast network of satellites into orbit all around the Earth. But today, our country has lost its boldness. Under my leadership, we will get it back in a very big way. If you look at just three years ago, what we were doing was unthinkable. How good it was, how great it was for our country. Our objective will be a quantum leap in the American standard of living. That's what will happen. Here are just a few of the ways we can do it. Almost one-third of the landmass of the United States is owned by the federal government with just a very, very small portion of that land, just a fraction, one-half of one percent. Would you believe that? 
we should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. Another big opportunity is in transportation. Dozens of major companies in the United States and China are racing to develop vertical takeoff and landing vehicles for families and individuals. Just as the United States led the automotive revolution in the last century, I want to ensure that America, not China, leads this revolution in air mobility. All right, I'm going to stop it there because there's a few more things I want to show you, okay? Yeah. Now, 10, I, I've been saying 25 because I think it's going to be more along the line of 25. And the reason I say 25 is when you start looking at the money involved here, this is going to be a huge success, okay? Okay. But there's some things I want to show you because this isn't... There, there's more here, okay? There's yeah. way more here. Oh, oh man. I'm getting excited. There it is. Q1052. Your trust and faith in us is enough. You elected us to do the hefty lifting. Enjoy the show. Birth of a new nation. A new world. Hmm. New cities? New technology? A brave new world? Yikes. Interesting, right? Very. But there's there's more. But wait, there's more. Um Hopefully I can find this video. I didn't have this video ready. It's got to be on vertical. No, it's not about that. It's uh Of course, it's not going to be anywhere to be found. Do you remember Trump's State of the Union address where Joe M. made that video, We Are the Pathfinders? He was talking about it there. We have to forge new roadways forward into the future. Now, think about this. There's talk out there right now of 15-minute cities. and the, the, So for anybody who doesn't know Agenda 2050, so we're in Agenda 2030 right now. Agenda 2030 is basically the systematic collapse of all the systems, the social, the political, and the economic. Bring them down to the ground and get everything to a sustainable position and have the infrastructure in place. And then between the next 20 years, 2030 to 2050, they rebuild upon that new infrastructure. Okay? And this yeah, is the globalist wet dream. This is... Yeah, this is their technical cities. Yeah, fifteen minute cities. And, and by the way, your fifteen minute cities are are really one large super city. They're called meta, mega cities. Cleveland, Detroit, Denver, Austin. They've already picked them out. Georgia, and what it is is those get divided and restructured into these fifteen minute cities with various points of land in between them. But nature becomes off limits. The the Terra the Terra Carta Treaty by uh, uh, King, uh, the fuck's his name, King of England, King Charles. 
Tara Carta. Go look at it. Nature becomes off limits. This is, this is why they're trying to get you into their new energy and grid infrastructure. What Donald Trump just did there. Look, look exactly what he did. The beginning of it. Look at, look at it exactly what it says right here. Agenda 47. Right. Is Not Agenda here? 2030. Agenda 47. He is going out there and reorganizing the globalist plan and doing it for America. What he's showing is he's being the pathfinder. He's paving the way for the other BRICS countries and nations of the world to show them that they can do it themselves. That Why are we sitting here with all this landmass and not decentralizing the current cities by building new ones? Now, China did this, and it didn't work out too well. Well... This is an interesting thing because I don't think that we've really created many cities at all since the founding of our country, and we especially have. considering history is a damn lie. When was the last time you heard of a new city? Exactly. You mm. haven't. Never. Not at least since the last state came into the union. Yeah. New towns, yeah. Yeah. There isn't. And guess, guess what? I think I know what he's going to do. So number one is when Donald Trump does this, when he becomes president, and I think this is going to win him the election, okay? You want to know why this is going to win him the election? Because it'll benefit the people. Why? Businesses will flock to this idea. Hmm. Okay? Think about how much innovation comes about. Think of companies like, um, think construction companies, number one. Uh, oh, yeah. Think telecommunication companies, number two. The whole system is going Tech to companies, benefit. number oh, three. Yeah. All three of those will make billions upon billions off of one city, okay? Just the construction of it. Yeah, the economy is going to be amazing. Mm. So this is Trump's New Deal without a war. They want to bring about a war to collapse everything so we can restart and rebuild it up. This is the fourth turning. Trump's saying... No war. We don't need that. Let's just go out there and build new cities. What does that do? Well, it actually goes out there and appeals to all the the climate change people out there and the lefties talking about overpopulation. Because what it does is it decentralizes the population out of the cities and redistributes it into these new cities, which are in remote areas away from all these other cities which are now going to have new updated technological infrastructure. You're going to have businesses moving in. You're going to have people moving in. You're going to have new businesses ideas that are going to be generated. You're going to have new economies rising up. I mean, think about this. Quantum leap. What did, what did Trump do through executive order um, back in 2019 that had quantum in it? Quantum.gov. Uh, okay. He, he invested $500 million into the development of quantum networking. Yeah, and that didn't he, he talked about that a few days ago in this whole agenda, yeah. right? He, he is going, so basically think about it like this. Is these people want to destroy the world and tear down the cities that are already existing and rebuild a new infrastructure? Donald Trump's saying, why don't we just go out there and build new cities, redistribute the populations of them, and then update the ones that we have after the populations leave and cut them back a little bit? The climate change people are absolutely going to love this. The left will love this why? because... 
Why would the China? Because you're decentralizing away from cities, which is going to re- reduce the amount of pollution, carbon. air pollution, and carbon footprint within those specific cities. And what you're doing is you're redistributing people to what? Smart cities. These are going to. These will be smart cities. Don't get me wrong. Okay, they will be smart cities. They are going to have cities. I don't think they're not going to be 15 minute cities. They're going to be smart cities with the newest, highest level of technological progression advanced in them. I guarantee you, Trump will try to figure out a way to get that new fusion energy technology. They say he's 20 years out. It's not fucking 20 years out. Okay, into there. He's going to figure out new alternative energy technologies. I guarantee you, you know what the Trump administration should do in 2024 when they come out. They should start putting out like remember the X Prize. No, what's this? The X Prize many many years ago, I think it was back in the oh. late 1990s. Bezos and all of them came out with the X Prize. Google, Sergey Brin, but the X Prize was a 10 million dollar prize for anybody who could develop a transport that could get to the moon. Incentive for innovation. An incentive for innovation, and I think that this is exactly what Trump should do coming in. Is an incentive for innovation, and what they should do with this is exotic energy technologies. Oh man, that would be amazing. You could probably get grants for it, too, yeah. and do all kinds of good research. And right now, the top 10 problems in mathematics that are still questionable, one of them being basically what would bring together the whole universal conceptualization. You only have a $1 million prize. Let's bump that up to $20 million. Mm. Watch what happens. People begin working on this as a career. Businesses develop around that prize money, as with the X prize, which was $10 million, and they start working towards it. I'm telling you, if you start giving that carrot in front of the American people to innovate, it will freaking happen. And I think that this is what Trump is going to do. And he's going to lay the groundwork between now and November 3rd, 2024, of telling the American people what he's going to do. And the left, who have been like looking at Biden going, this dude, there's something wrong with him. And a lot of these people on the climate change agenda are going to be like, well, he's going to be reducing carbon. Joe Biden didn't do that. He's going to be reducing the population. Joe Biden didn't do that. He's going to be rebuilding new infrastructure with green. Joe Biden didn't do that. This is, I'm telling you. Oh, wow. That's the perfect card because yeah. it plays right into their own agenda in a way. It does. It fits directly into the con- globalist agenda. And then he could control it in a better way because a lot of the things that are wrong in this country aren't necessarily uh, inherently bad things. It's just the people who control them. Mm. You know, a technological city isn't inherently bad. It can be utilized for good things. It could be wonderful. I I 100% agree. Is technology in the hand of good people is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with it. But now we have to go back to this world, this pre-world, this pre-post world, right? Pre-post world. Now? Yeah, we have to come back now. We have to come back and look at what's happening now, and we have to get ourselves prepared for what potentially is coming. So Trump, I believe, has a plan. This plan is basically to compete with the globalists. <clears throat> this is why you get the BRICS nations. I guarantee you the BRICS nations are going to start coming out and doing exactly the same thing. What? Wait, wait a minute. Isn't that what they're doing in UAE? Yeah. Okay. So this is my – that's kind of what I was thinking. So, did, so it seems like if the plan did extend this long – Trump negotiated with BRICS, essentially. Yep. To basically have America be independent by the time this is all over and him gain control back and then move forward with benefits for the entire world. That's kind of my thoughts on the plan. What do you think? 
I, I think the plan was is you can't tell the people you have to show them. So number one was a take back information domain. We've taken back the information domain. Now it's the waking up period. This is the great awakening where people are moving towards that precipice movement by seeing the criminality, the corruption that's spawning throughout the world. At the same time, these globalists are making moves and people begin seeing and noticing that. Then you have this rise of this Eastern power, the BRICS plus nations that rise up economically against the NATO nations and basically threaten their power structure, which brings about a proposal for world war at the same time that you have these other people who used to be the war mongers and conservatives <clears throat> and they're sitting here going no we don't want war no no we can negotiate this we can negotiate peace and now it's the the liberals are like we want war defend ukraine right yeah they're wild yeah mm -hmm. it's completely just holy shit and so what you're seeing here is and don't get me wrong i don't think that any of these nation states have your best or my best interest in mind but i right. see what trump is doing is he's reestablishing the status quo okay He's reestablishing the status quo on a global playing field. He's showing this is why Xi flipped. Xi, if you go with the World Economic Forum and their globalist agenda, they're going to stab you in the back and China will never be free. Putin already knew this. And so he said, hey, get, get an alliance going on over there. Rise up and do what you have to do. And he goes, in the same time, what I'm going to do is we're going to utilize our information domain that we've taken over and we're going to take back the American people. Don't worry about us. Just don't attack us. We'll be okay. And so what he's doing is he's setting basically the foundation for what comes next. But I think what you're going to start seeing is a lot of these BRICS nations start to move towards exactly this. Start to move towards this expansion into a new world. Russia's going to come out and say, hey, let's go build some new cities. And, you know, China and, and Saudi Arabia, let's go build some new cities as their populations begin to grow and expand. And I think that that is a great idea because what happens is, is how do people operate when they work in smaller concentrations? They work a lot more efficiency and a lot more, more efficient and a lot more innovative. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interesting. I think it's a brilliant fucking plan. If they can work it, and here's the thing, is right now, there's no stopping it. You cannot stop what's coming. You can only guide it through power. And that's what they're doing, is the people are moving this revolution forward. And I do believe in, in I hope I don't have to eat these words one day. I do believe that Donald Trump will win in 2024, if he's still alive. But that's why they want war before 2024, right? Okay. So U.S. banks are finally being forced to raise rates on deposits. U.S. banks are being forced to do something they haven't done in 15 years for a uh, fight for deposits. After years of earning next to nothing, depositors depositors are discovering a trove of higher yielding options like treasury bills and money market funds as the Federal Reserve ratches up benchmark interest rates. The shift has been so pronounced that commercial bank deposits fell last year for the first time since 1948 as net withdrawals hit $278 billion, according to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. To stem to outflows, banks are finally starting to lift their own rates from rock-bottom levels, particularly on certificates of deposits, or CDs. More than a dozen of U.S. lenders, including Capital One Financial, are now offering an annual percentage yield of 5% on CDs maturing in around a year, a rate that would have been unspeakable two years ago. Even the big banks are feeling the heat. Wells Fargo is now paying 4%. Now, what does that do, Vince? Do you know what that does? It keeps the banks afloat. 
I think that's what they're trying. So we have we have an increase in interest rates. We're still moving 25, we'll know tomorrow, 25, 50 basis points, right? And by the way, be ready for an economic shitstorm tomorrow. I want to warn mm. everybody. Powell's, Powell's coming out tomorrow. Uh-oh. We potentially could have some bad numbers, and you're going to see a shitstorm, especially cryptocurrency, what I've been calling for for a long time. But mm. 25, 50 basis points. We know from Dr. Kirk Elliott that if you do not increase your interest rate to match inflation... It's like a truck going downhill. If your brakes force cannot be equivalent to the velocity or the acceleration downhill, including momentum, then that truck is going to skid down, eventually start tumbling, and eventually crash. So you'd have to match interest rates with inflationary rate. There's another way to do this, okay? Is as interest rates increase, you have to reduce the money supply in circulation. You have to make money scarce. The only way to make money scarce is to pull money out of circulation and put it in the banks and deposits. So the only way that that can happen. Interesting. Okay. And the reason it hasn't been happening. And see, we forced the banks' hands. When interest rates were rising, banks raised their their notes, right? Their, Their mortgage rates and all this other stuff. Your personal loan rates, all that stuff raised. But they never increase the rate of your savings account. And so you you have a credit and debt cycle, right? Credit cycle means that money is, is easy and free, that it's really, really easy to get debt. It's cheap to get debt. Then you have a debt cycle where it becomes expensive to get debt. And what happens is, is money flows back and forth within these two. All right, we were back. Sorry. Must be over the target. So... So what happens is in this credit and debt cycle is you have money flow, right? And so during the credit cycles, when money's really, really cheap, money's printed and created. Well, that can only happen so long until inflation catches up with that. The price of goods and services begins to increase. And then the money supply needs to come down. The reason they raise interest rates, they make money to borrow more expensive is because they want people to hold money back in the banks to basically replenish the reserves and pull money out of circulation. And they do this by increasing the savings rate. Incentive. The incentive. The banks didn't do this over the last few years. And a lot of people were screaming, why aren't they raising the savings rates? This would pull money out of circulation and bring down inflation really fast, but they didn't. Now they're doing it. Why are they doing it? Because you had over $278 billion dollars pulled out of bank deposits over the last year. Remember when we were talking about disposable income is at an all-time low since 1934? Yeah. Included in that is people's savings accounts. One of the reasons over a trillion dollar decrease over the last year is because people are pulling their money out of banks and they're putting into secondary markets. What secondary markets do you think they're putting it into? Crypto and assets, liquid assets assets gold silver crypto and real estate telling you so now that the banks are going to do this okay and they're only doing this because we're in an economic shitstorm okay is inflation is going to become begin coming down but you won't see a reprisal on the prices of goods and services because 
the corporations love the prices prices where they're at, and they're not yeah. going to reduce prices back down to normal. Inflation's going to come down. It's going to get cheaper and cheaper to borrow money to take out debt, but the price of goods and services is going to stay relatively the same. For us, yes. <laughs> on the on the for the last person to buy, it's going to pay up crazy prices, but in the markets, it's going to be reflected as lower, and it's going to just be kind of what we've been in. Yep. It's going to be a shit show. But yeah. Hmm. Holy wow. shit, man. I like I haven't even started the show yet. <laughs> we never even got started, man. <laughs> Hour in. Well, this, we've had a good uh plethora of topics covered though. I I'm enjoying this yep. so far, but there is so much news. Well, and at the same time that they're doing this, this is from Zero Edge, yeah. the government is trying to kill us now. Low-income Americans fume in mile-long food lines after pandemic benefits end. Over the past year, 18 U.S. states have officially ended the pandemic-era state of emergency, including the COVID food benefit, while a December mandate from Congress will end aid in March for another 32 states, along with the District of Columbia and the U.S. Virgin Islands and Guam. The collective return of pre-pandemic policies include enhanced unemployment benefits and tax child tax credits, as well as the rollback adjustment in Medicaid that boosted enrollment. Now people are waiting up to nine hours in mile long food lines for free food. Some of whom say they can only afford to eat once per day. While others say they limit expensive food items, such as meat for specific family members, such as growing teenage boys. I thought, wow, the government is trying to kill us now. Said 63 year old Danny Blair of Kentucky Blair, who lives in a mobile home with his wife survives on a social security disability check. They're going to starve us out. Blair continued, apparently unaware of the government assistance program during the pandemic wasn't permanent. My Patriot Supply, guys. Oh, yeah. Telling you. This is going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Okay. I got a, I got a few minutes. We're going to rip through some shit here. Um, I'm going to skip over stuff, too. We, we can come yeah, well, stuff pick, tomorrow. Pick what you think is the most important. Yeah. This is why we have coffee in the morning. Yeah. No, I know so you already covered news. a lot of this. No, only like maybe like a quarter or a fifth of it i didn't cover all of it during my show right <laughs> even my even during in the morning we don't have enough time i'm gonna cover this <sighs> one. federal agency and so all the so all the news we're gonna cover tonight will be on the recap it, so if yeah. you guys don't know you can go to our Substack, redpillproject.substack.com subscribe there completely free you can support us too if there if you want um we now have summer writing for us i write vince writes uh, I'm working on part two of that uh, multi-domain battlefield, waiting for General Flynn to get back nice. to me with some things. Uh, but it takes a lot of research. To do That's how I Eric prints stuff. Um, but all these links will be posted on there after the show. So you guys can get all of that uh, on there as well as on redpills.tv. Okay, federal agency advances gas stove proposal for commissioner who floated ban. U.S. agency has advanced a request for information on gas stove hazards after it was filed by the commissioner who has floated banning the stoves. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission announced on March 1st it is seeking information from the public on chronic chemical hazards from gas ranges. The commission released a draft public notice to the request of information, but has not released a final notice. The final one should be published to the Federal Register next week. Dude, they are trying to get rid of... So California, by 2030, will have gotten rid of gas um, chainsaws, garage tools, oh. lawnmowers, mopeds, yeah. motorbikes, everything. Yeah. Washington State, probably Oregon. Yep. New York. You name it. Colorado. 
They're all going to try it. Yep. They're making steps towards it every day. I'm telling you. Dude, check this out. This is nuts. So, yeah, another train derailment. Let's watch this one. Just watch the train here. Don't worry, it gets better. Uh Uh-oh. I wonder if that had anything to do with the... uh... Yeah, that dude's like, I'm out of (laughs) here. Yeah, I flipped it. Yeah. You know, did you see the guy last week in Kentucky showing the uh, the derailment things on the tracks? Oh, yeah. Something was on the track. I think you tweeted that out, no? I did. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I saw that. It's very suspicious. And then here we go. And by the way, that that train had toxic chemicals. Hazmat was on scene. Uh, This is a gas tanker truck is crashed, causing a massive explosion. Currently, multiple emergency crews, along with hazmat crews, are responding to the massive gas tanker explosion in Frederick County, Maryland. This was March 4th, so two days ago. Um, That was a massive hazmat situation right there. Heavy rains in East Palestine, Ohio, caused temporary dam with contaminated water to overflow. It's like you just cannot get a win here. And America is being poisoned from the inside out. And then to add insult to injury, you know, this is Lake Tahoe's right now with the uh, the Cali blizzard. It's like people skiing. Oh, he just ran into that bank. Ice and snow over, what, three feet of snow in Tahoe? Oh, Oh, my God. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh my God. What is he doing, dude? Oh, no. Oh, the guy in the Jeep thought he was cool, and he's going to crash into fucking cars. Why does he need to stop? That's my nightmare. I stay home. That's why it's important to have an emergency supply at home or some little bit of... Here he comes. I'm telling you. Tesla. Oh, no. They're all running. Get out of the way. Oh! He hit the Tesla. What a fucking idiot. Dude, I got a Jeep, man. It can go in any weather. I guess I got I got stressed just watching that. And there's people skiing down that slope. Everyone's piling up in their cars. Mm-hmm. So this was interesting. We live in a world right now where top politicians on the right have to call out to media to ask for a proof of life of a sitting U.S. senator ridiculous so his chief yeah his chief of staff today obviously at walter reed and fetterman does not look well i don't know if you guys notice this fetterman does looks like he lost 50 pounds looks like he lost 50 pounds doesn't look like he's in there for depression he lost a whole neck thing too and uh you can see here they got the paper covered up right i wonder what they're talking about (laughs) in that paper i wonder well i happen to zoom in oh and uh, it says freight railroad reform Uh, Since the Norfolk Southern Railroad crash, they're talking about all the tanker crashes that have happened in the Senate the last few weeks. They're talking about that, huh? Oh, the Senate is, but they're not mentioning it anywhere else. Interesting, isn't it? Whoa. So, listen, this is the Firestorm event, guys. The systematic destruction of the United States of America and its infrastructure. We said this was going to happen. Over 150-plus food processing, manufacturing, distribution facility fires. Now we're having chemical contamination and hazmat spills all over this country. Train derailment. Two, three of them happening a day. Attacks on our energy infrastructure. Cyber attacks. It's happening. 
contamination of our farmland and of our waterways. Yep. Well, I mean, how else are you going to get people out of the rural areas and into 15-minute cities? Poison their land. Yeah. Taiwan, Taiwan warns China could carry out a sudden entry into the country. China right now is running drills, and Taiwan is yelling and screaming, saying, this isn't good. Uh, someone help us. <laughs> uh, duh. Uh, and, and there's more to talk about on this. I mean, Xi Jinping... Uh, takes rare direct aim at U.S. in a speech. The leader blames Washington-led containment, encirclement, and suppression for challenges at home. That's not good that uh, he has issued an unusually blunt rebuke to U.S. policy on money, blaming what he termed as Washington-led campaign to suppress China for recent challenges facing his country. Yet, I remember the U.S. came out and told China not to intervene with what they're doing with Russia. And yeah. um, China's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're doing the same thing with Russia. Like, stop. Right. Yep. And, and then here you go. This this is what I've been talking about. U.S. to focus on alliances such as BRICS to undermine Russia. Now the U.S. is going to try to infiltrate BRICS. <laughs> Former Deputy Assistant to the U.S. President Fiona Hill. Hmm. Ukraine, anybody? Declared a congressional hmm. hearing that the United States must pay attention to the BRICS group of countries and other alliances in which Russia is involved. We should pay attention to the so-called BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, um, who is a senior fellow at the Brookings Institute in Washington, told the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee. Moreover, Hill singled out the recent joint military drills involving South Africa, Russia, and China, stating that South Africa's involvement in such drills is not acceptable and that other countries should not be doing that, too. Who the fuck is the United States to tell other countries what they should or should not be doing? And is it any coincidence that South Africa just happens to be on the verge of civil war and economic collapse due to their farmland being completely eradicated? Huh. I wonder how that happened. Yeah. And other reasons. There's a lot of destabilization happening in South Africa. Yep. I think that's going to be the target. It seems like a pretty unstable place already. Probably the weakest link in the BRICS stations, I would maybe go out on a limb and say. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some totally, completely unrelated things happening in South Africa to destabilize BRICS in some way. But this you'll is, have to do more than yeah, that. This is South Africa right here, guys. And if you remember, uh, you remember a few years back during the uh, the uprisings in South Africa when they were um, going out there and asking for um, uh, retributions and they were slaughtering white farmers. They wanted their land back, and they're slightly yeah. slaughtering white farmers with machetes. Yeah, yeah. Yep, it's gonna happen again. Watch, just give it a few weeks. Yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> put that one on the bingo card, everybody. Yep. Battle of Saratoga. Yep. The Zelensky. fight for Bakhmut will change the trajectory of our war for independence and for freedom. So the fight for Bakhmut will change the trajectory of our war and independence for freedom. Charlie says they lost Bakhmut <laughs> and they lost it. They absolutely lost Bakhmut. Oh and God. so, um, yep, it's not looking good right now. And, no. and now we're also seeing this. This is a vast expanse of U.S. military hardware positioned at Polish port. The Baltic, Baltic monitoring media outlets have published footage of an enormous amount of American military equipment being prepared to move to the port of Gajania in Poland. And look at this. This absolutely holy hell. That's a massive amount of U.S. military equipment heading to yeah. Ukraine, guys. Yeah, and everybody's saying something different. Of course, U.S. hasn't confirmed it. Other people are saying it'll be used in Ukraine. Others are saying, no, it's going back to the U.S., but mm-hmm. come on. 
Good it's God. going to Ukraine. That's a lot. It's a massive amount of U.S. military equipment headed to Ukraine. And you know what's going to happen is I think before it gets there, it's going to be blown out of the freaking sky. Maybe. Yep. We have... Uh, there's massive protests today uh, against the insane environmental restrictions that do, to reduce, reduce crop yields in Europe. This is in Brussels. And sorry, I wasn't showing the videos, guys. Uh, this is the farmers standing up against their government in Bris Brussels. We're seeing the same thing in Germany, Italy, all throughout the Netherlands. Is Brussels in the Netherlands? Uh-oh. Uh, this one, oh, this is, yep, another beautiful thing. Firefighter battle, battling massive firefight, or, hold on, I gotta mute that. Ah, mute, thank you. Okay. This is just a few hours ago. Firefighters are battling a massive fire at Hampton University with multiple people reportedly trapped inside. They came back and said nobody was trapped inside, but this is, uh, um, yeah, this is tragic. Uh, I think this might be VCU. I don't know. This is in Hampton, Virginia. But anyways, another institution burns down. I wonder what they were studying at that institution that was so important to burn down. Makes you wonder. Yep. My God. Up oh, and so someone deleted their Trump. Oh, there it is. Okay, I will totally obliterate the deep state. Back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. All right. And I, you know what? I think when a man knows that he's won, he's going to stand up and talk proudly like that. It's a long ways till the election. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know if it's going to come. But there's a long ways to the election. A lot of things that we have to get through before that happens, including potentially global economic collapse. So be prepared, guys, because they are going to use everything and anything against us during all of this. Scared for my life, O'Keefe reveals courageous Pfizer whistleblower. Um, he said the industry insider was the key to uncover videos by James O'Keefe that exposed Pfizer company executive claiming his organization was mutating COVID-19 in order to sell more shots. Says that fear is what is being used to control people. O'Keefe, formerly a Project Veritas, was part of the company when it released the most stunning video yet. Involved statements from Pfizer research director Jordan Tristan Walker, uh, which I said came out and rightfully predicted they're going to use this to remove James O'Keefe. Which they did. Yeah, and speaking of Tucker, he just about an hour, a little over an hour ago, started releasing some footage from January 6th. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be hot over the next yeah, know, this period is, uh, of time. This is the Q Shaman being escorted by police down the hall. Dangerous conspiracy yeah, theorist dressed in outlandish costume thing. who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. 
The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for paying the inspiration needed to these police officers to allow us in this building. Contrast the reality of what Jacob Chansley did in the Capitol building on January 6th. The industry danger. Isn't that interesting? He's in jail, and the evidence that exonerate him just happened to come out on Tucker. I bet he's gonna have uh, he's gonna be out of jail here very very soon. What do you what are your thoughts? I think things are going to get interesting revolving around January sixth. People are gonna be demanding everyone's freed. Yep, I I agree, and I think that this be. potentially could be where people rise up and start yelling and screaming outside of these prison walls, inside of the courts. Release these people. Release them now. Uh, Pfizer's being sued for $3 trillion for uh, alleged false claims about the COVID vaccines. Good. Let's see if it goes through. I'm optimistic. I think the courts will hear it, but I don't think anything will come from it. So the Biden regime has surrendered U.S. sovereignty to the WHO, according to no, mo- more, no more medical freedom. We knew that this nope. was coming. We know what to do. It's unconstitutional. Did you see the videos going out the other day of uh, U.N. trucks on U.S. soil? No. I saw it. it. was legit, too. Yikes. Yeah. But you know what? Bring it, motherfuckers. Bring it. I say it was funny because I saw um, a dude shooting a minigun at a car in his backyard. You, you just see tracers. They look like laser beams. And then the dude jumps in and goes, that's a civilian in America, China. Come on. Invade. Oh. See what happens, motherfuckers. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but that's the truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this could be good. What happens when the when the genetic vaccine hits human blood? Let's check this out. What happens when the genetic vaccine hits human blood? I see the drop forming. Oh yeah! Wow! Zoom out just a little bit. Look at that. <clears throat> Yeah, I have sorrow in blood. <laughs> I have Fauci. Yeah, I have Fauci. <laughs> yeah. Ready? Unbelievable. Watch this again. See the drop forming. Oh, yeah. Coagulated all that blood instantaneously. Unfrigging believable. Yeah, and. How easy is that to test on any blood before you give it to people? Yeah. Not only are these people going to be held responsible, you know what I think is going to happen? And I'm not calling people to do this. I'm not saying that this needs to happen or any of this stuff. Okay? I'm not saying that that people should go do this. There's going to be domestic terrorist attacks on these facilities. I'm telling you. It could come to that. It it, it, it's there. going to come to that. I mean, think about like, the, look, look, look at this one. Th- this is multiple people injured with one fatally by hazardous materials found inside a vehicle. 
Deadly incident has occurred in Midtown East Manhattan involving hazardous material that is yet to be identified. I don't know if they did identify it. I hadn't seen an update. Um, nobody was saying. I, I haven't seen any update on this. Anyways, this was yesterday. Uh, but people are dead because of that. This is going to start coming to them. I'm telling you. It, shit's going to start flowing uphill, dude. People are done. People are pissed off. People are angry. Yeah, not just people that were angry before, but crazy liberals that are waking up. <laughs> right. Um, let's go to let's go to Canada for a minute. Five point five, and, oh, and finally Canada. today I can announce that we're investing five point five million dollars to build capacity of civil society organizations to combat disinformation. Civil society organizations. You want to know what that is? That's the Ministry of Truth, guys. That is the thought police that are coming to a Canada near you. Well, here's the thing. At least Trudeau in Canada, they come out and just say that they're going to do it. The United States has a DHS program gathering domestic intelligence on American citizens that nobody even knew about. Well, we did know about it because they tried to make it public just like Trudeau did, but they shut it down. But then we also find out they colluded with social media and spied on American citizens. By the way, it's illegal to spy on American citizens. You have something called your Fourth Amendment right. And, and I don't, where the fuck's the uproar? Where's the outrage? Why aren't Americans, if this was 10 years ago, people like, let go, Jethro. Like, well, they got away with the Patriot Act and no one did anything. True, true. We've been lulled down to this point. All right, uh, guys, I'm going to go through this quickly and uh, thank you guys for all of the donations coming in from uh, D Live Pilled Rumble and Facebook. X Grits X is celebrating a five month sub streak. Thank you so much, X Grits. Slum Dog gifted a can. The storm is here. Thank you so much, Slum Dog. Grismo 73 Lemon. Thank you so much, Grismo. Ponlo Picasso a cookie. Shannon 13 13 12 or 10 lemons, two ice cream. Thank you so much, Ponlo and Shannon. Sister Rose, welcome to the Red Pill Project family. Just followed us on DLive. Ponlo Picasso gifted a cookie. Thank you so much, Ponlo. Racing Ray 42 gifted the ship. Thank you so much, Racing Ray. Pammy Pam Pam subscribed monthly. Thank you so much, Pammy. RPG3573 donated four ice cream. Thank you so much, RPG. Dieselet gifted five one-month subscriptions to users in the channel and donated one diamond. Thank you so much, Dieselet. Ponlo uh, Picasso one cookie. Shannon 131315 lemon. Thank you so much, Ponlo and Shannon. Thank you guys all for the donations. You guys help keep the Red Pill Project alive. You guys help allow us to do this day in and day out, night and night. Uh, allowed me to me and Vince to kind of live our dreams of, of reporting this information and talking oh, about sorry. topics that we love talking about. So thank you so much. Don't forget to go on over to redpills.tv. Subscribe over there, redpills.tv. Uh, when you go over to redpills.tv, if you're new here and you've never been over there, a few things that you're going to see is everything that's not showing up on my screen right now. There we go. As you're going to see this guy, if you go up to the top, Red Spill Sponsors, these are ways that you can support us. Our sponsors are at the bottom. We have some merch right there. Pretty cool merch. There's hoodies in there as well. You can click on that, redpills.tv slash merch. Our sponsors are there. Honey Colony, 
GetGoldToday.com, Dr. Kirk Elliott, My Patriot Supply. If you go to My Patriot Supply, use that link, redpills.tv slash patriot. And then Dr. Mark Sherwood, sherwood.tv slash redpill or MyPillow, use that RPP promo code. Um, there's also a way up here if you want to donate. There's a Give, Send, Go campaign, a Cash App. And then there's also a crypto. We also accept crypto. So crypto cash app and give, send, go right there at the top. And then if you're new here, if you, after you subscribe right here, go out, those are my email addresses, go here to social red pill and you can join that and join our social red pill private community, completely free to join, but there's ways to support us there as well. So guys, much appreciated. We're going to be back with you tomorrow night. Don't forget tomorrow night for only social red pill members, the after dark Q and a that is tomorrow night. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. Thank you so much for all the donations tonight. You guys are absolutely awesome. Uh, we're going to get through this. Like like Q said, Trump said, there's a new world out there. We just got to want it enough. We have to come to that precipice, and I think we're there. I think 2023 is definitely going to seal the deal. So much love, respect. God bless you guys. Take care. Have a good night. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me Ipatch McCain. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. It's, uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.